introduce uh, good friends of mine, Lahav Resnick and Michael Switzer, who are the managing partners of Forest Hill Legacy, Vaughn, Aurora, and Witchwood. Yes. Well, so Mikey and I, we were working at different brokerages to be unnamed, and uh, we did a deal together. So I was on the selling side. Mikey had the buyers that brought them in. And uh, back in those days, you did an inspection with pretty much every purchase. Yeah. And, uh, and you both showed up. Yeah. yeah. And the agents actually showed up to the yeah. inspections, which we yeah. still do which today, we still do. Yeah. but we both showed up and, uh, you know, our, his clients are walking through the house with the inspector and I'm sitting there just, you know, to answer any questions or try to guide the inspector in a certain way. Cause they don't really always know everything about the house itself. And, you know, I was a top producer at my brokerage. He was a top producer at his brokerage. And we both just sort of bonded over the things that we disliked about our brokerages, which is like, the things that most agents dislike about yeah. their brokerages, you know, hidden fees and, you know, rude admin and like lack of support, like all the stuff that is like the staple of what our brokerage has become is exactly what we discussed those that that first day. Yeah, we were we fun. were we were ultimately we were bitching and complaining yeah. about, you know, it's great that we're actually sitting there and we're doing this and we're trying to make this deal happen. And meanwhile, agents are lazy and they're not coached properly, they're not mentored properly. And I already had the mindset where it was. You know, I wanted to change the world of real estate. How long before you guys actually yeah. pulled the trigger? Because, you know, you, some time. You, you talk to people who are entrepreneurs in general and it's not you wake up the next day and you're like, OK, I'm ready. I, I, I'm good to go. You know, what, what kind of things he, did you have to check off each of you individually before you could honestly wake up and say, I'm ready? Well, to we, we were both in positions where we were doing pretty well in the industry already. So it was it wasn't the kind of thing where it was like. Like this, this office was never started with the traditional way that most real estate brokerages start, which is like, let's go make all the money. You know, like when we started this, yeah. it was like, I guess, I don't know what the word is other than family, boutique, like family oriented yeah. and just like a smaller group of people. And obviously now we have a lot more agents, but we still have that vibe in the air and the environment in our office. When you walk through, that is what we have in our office. And it's like, it comes right off right. that whiteboard. Exactly what so, you're talking about. So we're sitting there, we're, you know, we're, we're, I'm thinking we're ready to go. I approached Mikey and he was not quite there. We are still building our relationship. And, yeah. and we did speak with a few other brokerages beforehand and it just didn't feel right. And from the second that we went to go meet with the family from Forest Hill, we literally went to Morton's, walked out and I was like, let's go. Yeah. And it was My, like, these people are lovely people and they really are lovely people. And it was just, and from then I've, we've, we've I've never regretted that decision. For it second. was a quick, it was a quick decision. Yeah. Good. So that, that's, that's our, that's our, our history. We had to get a little scotch. Yeah. You know, but I was like, I feel like, I feel yeah. like, yeah, it's always important to have a little bit of a, of as we say in Yiddish, the before you start some sort of business right. adventure. Um, so, okay. So now you start, it's the two of you, you walk into your office day one and day one. Well, day one, there was no office. Oh, okay. our office was Starbucks. Our, our office, we worked at a Starbucks. Yeah. So, so we were physically looking for the right space. So you, you were actually a Forest Hill brokerage without space. Correct. We were, we were, we were registered along with um, Mikey's brother, Steve, who's our partner at the Vaughn office, which was the first office. And that's a whole other story, yeah. but our partner in all the offices. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and we ultimately switched over to Forest Hill right away, right to head office's address. So we were working out of a Starbucks trying to recruit agents to a, to a, yeah, to a, an office that doesn't exist that we not, didn't even know where it was going to be. I can, I can imagine the conversation. Hi, would you like to join a brokerage that doesn't exist? That's here. The funny thing is, would you like, I, would you like sugar with your coffee? <laughs> you <have> frappuccino. <laughs> the reality is, is like, I don't want to work in a place with people that I don't like. I want to work in a place with people that I love. 
and that I want to succeed and that I want to mentor and that I want to train and that I want to share my secrets with whatever secrets I have. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, but it, it just comes down to like, we have one life to live. I want to be with people that I can, that I, that I want to grow with and that we all, you know, become that family. Right. And there's got to be something else that yeah. you're, you're talking to them about, or, uh, you know, understanding that you say, this is what tips me over the edge of, this is why I want the person to join. Look, and I'm going to answer that. Look, the way we're structured without getting into details, if our agents are not making money, we don't make money. We want to be in a position where we want to enjoy taking that phone call at one o'clock in the morning to answer questions in order for them to make the deal. In order, So the person sitting across from us, they have to be like-minded. We have to click with them. Like we, we, it has to, there has to be a connection. And quite frankly, it, it can come in so many different, um, you know, you can't necessarily tell someone from that first meeting. And because of the fact that we've never really grown our business by recruiting, like we, we barely have recruited. A lot of this has just happened organically, which is people have come to you through other people. And it's, been, through, it's been like one good person re- refer, just like that mentality in the office of like this dog eat dog zoo uh, mentality where there's no, there's no, there's nobody like to actually guide you properly. Okay. So before I move on to the next topic, I have, when I do interviews for lawyers and, and, and clerks and people in my office, I ask really dumb questions. And some of them are really stupid. So one of my favorite questions to ask is literally, you know, if you're stuck on an island and you have one thing to keep you comfortable and it can't be technology. You can't say our families and do the right no, thing. You, you no, can, you can, you can yeah, say yeah, whatever you want. Aside from the obvious, <laughs> yeah. how's that? Yeah. Yeah. Aside from the obvious, so I don't get yelled at from my wife. Yeah. Uh, what, could, what would I have in an island that'll keep me calm? It's actually, or happy or whatever. It's, it's, it's funny because yeah. how about a self- Pumping ball. Okay. Those exist. I like it. Okay, I like those it. exist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what about you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you took mine. I was going to say like sport court, like, you know, to be able to, like, because I wouldn't mind having like a net that I could shoot on as well. But sports guys, fair enough. Yeah. I fair don't know. Enough. I think, I, I think, you know, when we ask those questions, yeah. I want to get like, what's the first thing that comes yeah. to your head? Yeah. Um, you guys saw it was, I said family first. Though. Right. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you always beat me to the answer. Yeah. So it's right. okay. Do you have any questions that you ask? You know, that part that's missing. There, there are certain things in people generally you can teach. Right. You know, you can train, you can coach, you can groom. If they don't have it, they're going to do well. They're going to make a six figure income and so forth and so on. But the ones that have it, it's unlimited. Like the largest thing that's missing for real estate agents. And the thing that we harp on a lot with real estate agents is they don't really teach you anything when you're in real estate school from Oria and over to Humber. Now they teach you the basics of the paperwork and how basically not to screw things up, but they don't actually teach you the intricacies of the business. They don't teach you the day to day. So people come into this business having no idea what to do. There's no schedule. There's no, there's no plan. There's no, there's no model for what they're doing. So they just have this vision of like selling sunset or one of these like silly shows where they think that you're just coming in and showing up and clients. You mean you don't sell $5 million homes? uh, Well, we do. We do. (laughs) Once a week? No. Yeah. Yeah. I leave my high heels. uh, Yeah. yeah. But, but okay. Okay. So then I want, I want to touch up uh, upon that, right? You, you know, you say a lot of people don't come in with the proper um, tools and the proper training. So what, does Force Hill Legacies, what do you guys do to help mentor and grow the careers of these real estate Name agents? Name yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah, listen, that's a loaded question only yeah. because it's, it truly is unlimited. It's, it's like we do anything that it takes. Those one o'clock in the morning phone calls from, you know, a 53-year-old guy that is successful in real estate. I could just talk about myself for now. You look 56. You know, I, thank you very much. But <laughs> my point being that I'm still willing and running to take that call to try to help people. Right. Right. You, you're not going to get that in the industry. We look at it and we say, what are what are the, the issues that we see in front of us right now? 
So when when the market is geared towards selling um, pre-construction, then we're doing training on pre-construction and introductions to different projects, showing people the mindset of success and teach, uh, showing them the tools of the business, such as, you know, um, you know, door knocking or working listing presentations or prospecting, which is like the staples of our industry. You could say that stuff over and over and over again. If somebody doesn't have the right mindset or is telling themselves that they're not going to achieve it, just like anything, just like it could be anything you're trying to accomplish. If you don't believe uh, uh, that, you, that what you're doing is is the right thing for you to be doing, then you're not really going to give it your all. So people tell themselves all kind of negative stuff in their heads, us included, all of us do. Yeah. How do you train agents to use social media and how do you maximize their strategy when it comes to that? You know, when I, when I think social, I'm thinking on camera, video content, you know, not just regular posts. Like you've got to put yourself out there, right? If, if, if you, people need to see exactly who you are, the concept of social media, it's the multiple pillars of who Isaac is or who Mikey is or who Lahav. It's not just real estate. And this is where we may or may not share philosophies on it, but people need to engage and connect with you. I noticed any of the posts that I might do that are purely real estate will get nominal engagement. I'm telling you, it's, it's not even, it's, it's unbelievable. Every time I post my dogs, I, I get triple the amount of views and comments. But without, to answer your question with, with, you know, I've been pretty active on social media for the last 15 years, 10 years at least. And when I first started off, much like, you know, everyone has to go through a process and coming back to how we train our agents with this, my answer would be to be authentic and consistent. And have a dog. And have three dogs. Three dogs. When you first start off, you, you're, you're, your ego, which is there really to protect you from doing something foolish, it stands in the way. So a lot of the time, you know, you'll listen to some photographer or videographer who will be like, okay, now get out of your Range Rover. Now walk up the driveway, now look back, like, you know, like the, you know, like the shot for the hero with the fire behind them in the movies, like that kind of shot. It's like, you don't need any of that stuff. Nobody cares. People respond to information that they found beneficial for them. So that's why, you know, share real information about real estate or how to sell real estate. That's where a lot of the time, especially the younger agents that we're getting, they have been greatly influenced by all of these real estate shows. So they, you know, they might look at us and say, okay, these guys are my new managers and like, they kind of know, but I think I'm going to, I think I know more about what I've learned from how this works. So I'm, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that I, I portray this character. What, if anything, would you have done differently? You know, it took us years to sort of be able to groom ourselves so that we can be a certain way for our agents, the way that they need it. Uh, it took us uh, many years to build the partnership, to go through you know, peaks and valleys, like with every partnership, there's always going to be ups and downs. It sounds so, it sounds so lame, but I I really can't think of anything that would have changed. And and maybe that's a good thing, but like, I think that, I think going through those, those peaks and especially the valleys, that's what leads you into becoming what you are. And it's just like in life, like you can't discount the, the tough times, like the tough times is what makes you tough. The tough times is what makes you stronger and smarter. When we first opened the office, we physically found that space, you know, six months in, it took us another three months to, to get it renovated and going. When we opened that was office, Vaughn, your, was Vaughn, your Vaughn first was the first one. And we had, we, you know, right now we've got three units over in there. We, we had just a one unit. It was about thousand square feet. And in fact, my office that I'm in right now was our former yeah, boardroom, was board which was, you know, tiny. For, for the number of ages was perfect. Now, yeah. obviously it's not. But the idea is that when we first got in there, we were like, you know what? If we have no agents, if it's just all, for us, if it's just us, that's what we were planning on the doing. expense of running that is the same yeah. expense as we had. Paying, to our paying our brokers. brokers. So like, like let's, let's grow this for ourselves. So hey, true. and let's bring some agents on for the ride. And what we noticed right away was that people were coming to us and their income was going up 
every single year. In fact, one agent, not to be named, yeah. you know, came in as a top producer making 200K. You know, again, this is 10 years ago. 200K yeah. 10 years ago was, was something like that, yeah. 250 or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as a top producer came in and he came, he came to us really on a, on a, one of my top uh, competitors at yeah, the time, time yeah. yeah. But he came to us really just on a like, guys, I trust in you. Yeah. All right. Like you're you're in me at my area. I want to join you guys. So, lighten it up a little bit before I went to my last serious one. Then, All right. All right. Wait. 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 Does pineapple belong on pizza? Have you go ahead? Look, first of all, pineapple in general is a very sensitive topic. But that being said, I think variety is good. <laughs> I, think, I think variety is good. I think a little Let's bit of pineapple from time to time. You want to try that again? A philosophical conversation yeah, do you want to explain about why pineapple variety? is yes or no? <laughs> pineapple on pizza or not? Sometimes yes. Pineapple on pizza, absolutely. Pineapple on pizza is the way to go. Hawaiian or with pepperoni. See, I'm pineapple. Not. Pineapple does not. Bro, come on. See? That's a Canadian You can open your mind, bro. You yeah. got to open your mind. No, can't do it. Try new things. Can't do Have it. you ever tried it? Yes. And you, can, and you feel I, that way? I, I, feel, I still feel that way. Wow. It's the same thing as dipping sauce. I don't like dipping sauce. I don't do sauce. dipping I don't, sauce. I don't do dipping and, I'm, and I'm a dipper. Can we get yeah. onto something real then? This is not a good topic. I'm <laughs> I mean, not winning this I, one. I like that. I'm not winning this one. All right. Who's winning the NBA championship this year? Not the Raptors. I think we all would have said not the Raptors. Boston. Boston. I don't wow. Philly. I'm, I'm thinking Philly. Boston's a Philly dirty, without yeah. Harden. Yeah, without Harden. Boston's a dirty team. Like Philly because Harden's not okay. actually playing. I think. I mean, I don't uh, know why we're taking away Denver. I, I was going to say I think Denver yeah. does a, a repeat yeah, as yeah. long as you know Jokic doesn't work out and yeah. doesn't do all the things exactly. that he does right. to win championships. He just I don't goes understand. And rides horses right. and right. comes and wins games. Um, yeah, so I yeah you know, I'm picking Denver. If you had to pick a winner for the Stanley Cup, who are you picking? Every year I say the same thing, man. This is our year. Let's go Leafs. But no, really. Um, but no, the Leafs. Boston. The Leafs are going to win it. This is our year. Let's go. All right. Go Leafs. Go. Go yeah. Leafs. Go. Um, I want to talk about uh, what, you know, we're here on a podcast, but you guys have your own podcast and I'd love to talk about it and tell me about it because it has the coolest title ever. And I want to hear about what you talk on that about on that podcast. So <laughs> I'm going to let you tell uh, the audience. What's the name of the podcast? So what, what Mama Never Told You About Real Estate. Love that title. Yeah. Love that yeah. title. You know, it was, we literally sitting, sitting down at the first one and we just threw that out there and, and it clicked. The best part of the podcast is the stuff that's not said when we're filming. The, the, the 20 minutes, 30 yeah. minutes before filming starts or the, or the Uber ride down because we're not the, driving because we're best, having a couple of drinks. The best part of his podcast, because it's Lahab's podcast, I will say. I mean, obviously we do it with him, but the, the, the best part about it is that we, he brings out drinks. So there's always what, no, kind of drinks? There's what a, are you guys drinking? There's a, he always old has fashions. an old fashioned or there's some a nice glass scotch, of scotch yeah. with some ice because he knows I like scotch. Yeah. I don't really like old fashioned, even though what is old fashioned is scotch. It has bourbon, but, but whatever it's got. So by the time that we're at this point in our in our journey, I'm like, so, you know, let me tell you that one time, you know, it's like, but, it, but it, it, you could just be totally relaxed and it's fun. And sometimes you watch it, you're like, what the hell? Why was I leaning back so far? Why was I so red? We, we go off on tangents. Yeah. We get, uh, you know, it, it gets really, really funny. We start, we start jawing at each other because that's who we really are, yeah. you know, any, any given time. And, and in fairness, that's how we, we are, are as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it's just a little harder when you're on a, you know, a, a lawyer's a legal, podcast. A legal, a legal podcast. lawyer's yes. podcast right. that has... No fun right. on the side. Right. We, can, we can't yeah. talk about how every two or three times a game when we're playing ball, I'm yelling at you to give the ball up earlier or to not pass. No, I mean, we I can't talk about that stuff. Two, two to three? He tells no. me exactly where to go and it always works. I'm like his soldier. He's like, okay, now go there. Turn this way. I'm going to put the ball in your left hand. Turn with your right hand and score. I'm like, I do. I'm like, 
Hey, how'd you know how to Bro, do that? Bro, the craziest thing is he's telling you that yeah. in front of us, I know. defending you, I know. and yet the whole process happens and there you are at the layup. And it's the only time I'll ever score is when Isaac like, okay, now turn that way. I'm gonna put the ball right here and then lay it up. Oh, it works every it. time. That's my, my favorite. My yeah. favorite is when I can set somebody up and and you know, it's funny because we play Lahav together and I, you, you get to your spot and I know you're lining up and I, I just, I got to time it and I got about two seconds to time it right in your hands and I know what's going in. It's yeah. like, it's like it's a automatic. It's on automatic, right? Yeah. I, and those for you in the audience don't know, me and Lahav play together on the same team. I'm the point guard. Lahav is a drop dead shooting guard. So, you know, as a point guard, there's nothing drop more dead. than true value of knowing that you've given a perfect pass to somebody it ready in their shooting pocket and it just goes in. It's the, beautiful. The best is when you make the, you make the pass, you make the pass and I'm up there, I'm taking the shot and I turn to you to, to give you a point and you're, you already have your back <laughs> down the court because you know it's going in. So I love that. That that respect is, uh, that respect's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I come to play with them sometimes but I'm more of like, what would you call me, the pylon? No, you call yourself the pylon. You're, no, you you're, call myself the pylon. You're, you're the enforcer. Yeah. You're the enforcer. I'm the enforcer. You're the Taidomi of knock uh, people around. Exactly. See the hockey reference. Yeah, That's I got to look up of them. I, so I love it. We started talking about the pod, your podcast yeah. and then we moved down to basketball. So okay. back, back to the podcast. We got We got to get some content here podcast. Yes. So what mama never told you about real estate, tell me like, what do you guys, I mean, obviously you talk about real estate in general, but is there, you know, some, like, what was your favorite topic? What was your favorite podcast? What did you talk about? Oh man. You know what? We talked uh, recently, we did, we did it on um, deals, not closing, you know, from the legal side. Uh, people don't realize like some of the things that come into play that once the deal's done, it's not done until the actual closing date. And then we started bringing in the fact that the U S you know, deals done in the United States, like the, these American agents. And we came back to the, you know, to the selling sunset, the million dollar listings. These guys are all doing deals. 80% of those deals don't close. So you see them doing a deal in the States and it goes right to the closing date and suddenly they can't get financing. So you know what, man, deal just doesn't close. They, they can walk away from their deal right up until closing wow. in the States. Now, almost every state, not everyone's like that, but almost every state here, you know, a deal's conditional nowadays, five days on financing inspection, which is a typical, you get through that conditional period, the deal's going to close nine, nowadays, 95% of the time. I'll turn to the lawyer, 95% no yeah. of the time the deal's oh, closing. more than that. Probably more than that. I don't, I don't, I don't think yeah. we, yeah, once we pass conditions, we're not, you know, there's very rare circumstances where it doesn't close. And again, it's very, very rare. So that being said, we talked about the few times that they weren't closing. We gave examples of how, forgive my language, some idiot agents out there just didn't cross their T's and dot their I's and it gave a buyer an out. You know, anything from legal descriptions not being complete where there was a question on title, you know, whether it was, wh whatever it might be, it gave somebody an opportunity to at least argue the out, right? And and those things nowadays, you gotta be very, very careful, right? You want deals to close. So we, we you know, our clients aren't happy until the deal actually closes. Yeah, I, I prefer like I like going in for the, you know, the real estate stuff is one thing, but I find it's more entertaining for me to watch us just actually just shooting the shit, just yeah. hanging out and having a good <clears throat> meeting and and just hanging out the way we would hang out. Like that that's and even for something like this, like I I find it whenever I'm trying to do something, I'm always thinking like what I want to watch this, you know, right. and like if I saw another top producing real estate agent, a couple of guys and a lawyer sitting there talking like what I want to watch this if it wasn't you know engaging me, entertaining me, informing me. If you know? we didn't talk about pizza. Yeah, like, it, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, like, that's a good question. I personally like hearing other people give their opinions on where we're going, because I think that's, market, yeah. that's, I think, you know, 
how is the market is the most common question that any real estate agent's going to get. You know, we can be at Starbucks, you could be at a bar mitzvah, you could be anywhere in this world and people walk up to you and go, how's the market? And yeah. no matter what's happening, you're like, uh, and you have to start getting okay, into this conversation. So we've just come off major interest uh, uh, hikes, but yeah. the forecast is that they're going to drop in two years. So, yeah. you know, as, of, uh, as it stands right now, what is the market like in Toronto? What is the market like in GTA? And what are your what is the market now as you see as a whole in Ontario? Yeah, the market's amazing. In fairness, in every single given market, you've got amazing parts to the market. There's always, we did a pocket, there's always opportunity. Market we're in right now, there's an opportunity. Pricing's low, a lot more things to choose from. You can get in there and not have a bidding war. You know, there's a lot of great opportunities right now. Interest rates, you know, they've stalled them at this point. It went exactly where we thought it would go. Now leading into, you know, the winter time, we've had a, we've had a quick little a blurb of increased showings, um, a lot more sales happening in the last yeah. two weeks alone. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, and it, we talk about whether market was crazy or not, right? You talk about two years ago and bidding wars and prices, but then it also created unaffordability. So this is what we talk so, about when we do these training you know, sessions. Is that, is that an amazing market for sellers? Sure. Yeah. Right. But, but then but people are like, oh, the market's not good. Those sellers then have to become buyers right after. Right. So they're buying. So it's a wash. So the, the, the best, the best word I can think of, like the first word that comes to my mind for this market over the last year is the word grind. It has been a grind there. It still has been an active market. I think we've been averaging between 45 to 4,600 deals a month. That's 9,000 transactions for agents. If you break it up. Right. So is it the seventh, is it the, uh, you know, the, the, the crazy amount of sales that are happening every month that, that, that we were, that people got used to in a spoiled market where there was, where the things were going crazy when the interest rates were low and the mortgage rates were low. No, but it's more of a realistic market for those who have been in this business for more than five years. That's, this is more of like a normal market. Now the rates are still not astronomical. We're looking at, you know, rates that in comparison to other down markets that were triple, uh, double the, the rates that they are now. That's a different it's not, story. It's not triple at yeah, some point. Well, you yeah. know, exactly. This yeah. is a norm for, I mean, we've been in the business yeah. for a long time. This is a norm for us. We're used to this. The, the, the crazy bidding war markets, that wasn't realistic. It was fun. It was a great ride, but it's not realistic. The, Being able to sell a home in today's market takes a real talent. It's not about putting a sign on the lawn, putting right. it on MLS. But, but the question, the question of where the opportunity lays, like there, there is still so much opportunity because of misinformation. So you have all of these people, buyers, sellers, and the majority of real estate agents who get their information from the news who don't really understand what's actually happening. So they have this mentality that the sky has fallen in the market yeah. when it, in fact it has not fallen. So what you can do if you're well represented is you can play into that. So we eat that up all day long. Yeah. So what I'm looking for is I'm looking for someone who wants to move up right now. That's the opportunity. The opportunity is that you're, the properties that you're selling has not come down in value. In some, in most cases around the GTA, it's up a little bit or right. even. So if you could look at it and say, all these people think that their house is down when in fact it hasn't, I want to go and capitalize on one of these people. And quite frankly, on behalf of my clients, yeah. get a good deal for a house and sell their house and maybe not in that order sell their house first would be a little bit more conservative or safe. Yeah. Sell for a good price, buy low. It's like the, the classic cliches, but sell you're, high, But you're buy doing low. the same market. So it you're, makes no yes, difference. You're, right. you're, you're buying and selling in a lower market. But on the buy side, you have a lot more opportunity. The opportunity for buyers absolutely. is huge right Absolutely. Now. It's huge. So then where does this go? Where, where do you guys, what do you guys see happening? Well, look, predictions are, and, I, and I'm, I'm supporting the predictions. Predictions are rates are going to start coming down mid-2024. It doesn't take the rates to come down 
for a couple of things to happen. One, it doesn't take rates for to come down for buyer confidence to kick in. That can kick in as soon as people feel comfortable with the level that we're at, knowing that, hey, you know what? I need to buy. We've got, you know, we're getting divorced. We're having more children. We need more space. We want a bigger house. We want a smaller house. Those activities, those transactions are going to happen regardless. In order to move up a bit, you might have to spend a couple thousand dollars more a month if you can afford it, is what I'm trying to say, right. then now is a fantastic time to do it. It's a fantastic time to move up. It's, it, is, is this a great time to, for a first time buyer? Nope. Is this the first, you know, like those are the people Although though, Although they're already know. starting to change rules related to first time buyers and making it easier for them. They're starting to yeah, change but, rules but, already related to- But I mean, they've been saying that for a long time. And they also it, taking out competition. I mean, we have the non-resident tax. We yeah. have the Toronto- um, and here's another, I mean, first time buyer, first time buyer <clears throat> rebates. You have a lot of, a lot of things that are helping first buyers, but then you have mayor Olivia Chow comes in Toronto, adds in an extra couple of percentages. Don't get me for, started. Yeah. Listen, it's I, not an extra couple of percentages. Those increases, this luxury tax in, you know, I'll tell, let's, let's talk about it. So the luxury tax is what, from your understanding, I mean, you know, we know if you buy a home over $3 million in Toronto, how much extra are you paying in luxury tax? There's there's a scale to it. I think it's a I think it's at a three percent on top of the land. It's astronomical. Whatever it comes, it comes out to almost seven percent yeah. on top of the land transfer tax. Right on top. Of it's, it. it's 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 her luxury tax on top of it. You right. buy seven eight million dollar home, it could be an extra six five six four five six percent. Whatever it is, the breakdown is it's. I'm not even wrapping my it head makes around no sense yet. at all that that would right. be. Important. So would that would that create like for example a whole bunch of listings at 2.9, 2.8 in the city of Toronto that like normally would have sold for 3.5, 3.4, but they're not going to sell 3.4 because it's going to cost an extra 200 grand in land transfer tax, argumentatively. It's it's all it's all relative. There's going to be creative ways of people to try to make deals happen. Yeah. You know, it might be you know, if, if to, if in order for the buyer to avoid paying this extra tax, hitting that threshold, there will be deals done just under that number. Absolutely. You know, based on that. Right. Or there's going to, again, you know, maybe there's going to be a take back for a certain portion of time that's interest free and blah, blah, blah. And then it gets paid off directly. There's going to be yeah, but like an, like even just you saying that, like an extra 7% tacked on, like that's a significant, significant huge. extra hit. The, the land transfer was always that extra hit, especially when you go into the city. So, you know, we do a lot of work, both 905 and 416. And, you know, even for, you know, all of us actually live in 905, like I can't even imagine that feeling of like buying the house, paying the land transfer and then realizing like, oh, wait, what's this? Now right. this is here, too. It's like it's 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 ridiculous for buyers right now, whether they're first time buyers or 10 time buyers. They're like for the for the last decade, it has been the most competitive market to be a buyer in the GTA that you can ever imagine. Bidding war after bidding war after bidding war. That's the irony of why this market is so frustrating right now, because as as agents who have been watching people for years, you know, throwing their money into the wind in these bidding wars. Now, all of a sudden, there's this opportunity and the inventory has increased like 50 percent. Like there's a lot of inventory, Condo inventory and, no, and, and everything's sitting quietly right now. And you're just like, hey, man, don't you realize that like the difference of what those rate like in, in comparison to how much the house could potentially sell for right now? Like it's it's way more in your benefit right now to just assume once again, you can afford it. To, to, to buy a property rather than wait for the rates to go down again when all of a sudden it's going to, because it, it, what will happen is that the inventory that's on the market will get swept away very quickly. Once, once the rates come down, buyers will start buying again. And we're going to come back to the exact same yeah. position that we were in before, which is the ongoing crisis of homes and the lack of homes to buy. How about this? Hey, Mikey, no, let's not buy now. Rates are a little bit higher. We could always lock in for a year, wait for the rates to come down. No, let's not do that. Let's wait till there's no more inventory. Yeah. Then end up in bidding wars. 
pay sixty or seventy thousand dollars more, which will be a hell of a lot more than the interest rate increase that we've got right now. That's a great plan. Let's do that. You don't have to look any further than just look at the numbers. The numbers of this basically show very simple. It makes sense to buy real estate in the GTA. It makes sense to be a real estate owner if you can afford to be a real estate owner. The average um, price increase three years in the GTA is a 27%. Five years is just over 50% increase of five years. 121% increase over the last 10 years in real estate prices. Like that's that's a pretty good return. And it's a safe return that you live in. Lahav Resnick, Michael Switzer from Our pleasure. Forest Hill Thank you, Legacy Offices in Aurora, Witchwood, uh, and Vaughn. If you need any help, uh, you need contact, you need to talk to an agent. These guys are amazing. Good friends of mine. Great agents. Thank you guys both for coming. And right in. back at you, Isaac. Yep. The best in the business, man. Appreciate All right. you. All right. Thank you Thanks. very much. Thanks, gents. Okay. Thanks, guys.